this is Everyday Leaders. I'm your host, Melanie Ake. Everyday Leaders is an inspirational show to help you develop strategies to overcome everyday obstacles in your life. Today's guest will share the disciplines that he practices every day that allows him to achieve a life of success. Today's Everyday Leader teaches us the importance of the three S's, security, significance, and satisfaction, and how we all want to be able to achieve these things in our life. As he is a minister and a leader in his community, he's learned the valuable lessons that can help each of us learn how to add value to our world. Listen in and learn how to become a person of influence every day and live your life with success. Dean Renfro is my guest today. Everyday Leaders 50 and 50, show 38 starts now. Welcome to the program, Dean. Melanie, I'm so glad to be with you today. I really appreciate the opportunity that uh, you gave me to be on your show. You inspired me. We connected John Maxwell Conference, and I saw you doing some really cool things that I'm like, man, I connect to you. You were doing some live feeds. You had a radio program show that you were doing on Facebook Live, and and you just really inspired me. And I thought, man, I got to follow you. And you helped me with a disc training, (laughs) and you did all kinds of stuff together. You know, we kind of learned about each other. And through this, this last couple of years, I've watched you and I really felt so inspired to bring you and be part of the 50 and 50 because of the things that you are and that you're doing in your community. So thanks for coming on and thanks for taking the time out because I know you're super busy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, you know, it, um, um, you know, the way I'm wired up is I, I'm usually always the innovator kind of person ahead of everything. And, and uh, I had, been fortunate enough to be a part of the kind of the Facebook live launch thing to, to individual people. It had been around a while for celebrity group, but, uh, and I taught a couple of courses on that online about, you know, how do, how do you launch your own thing? And so I, I got into this thing with saying, okay, how do you, how do you, how do you get good at this? And that's by doing it every day, which, you know, in the, in the practice of, uh, of anything, you, you get better when you do it every day and was a part of it just becomes a habit in your life and and so that's what kind of led to that and and when I when I went off to the uh, to the JMT event well I'm like well I'm just going to take this on the road with me and uh, met several people there and and started that and that kind of you know there's there's several people that that I hope has inspired them and I have enjoyed uh, you know guys like you uh, gals like you uh being able to uh you know take that and go somewhere with it that fits who they are and that you know that's really that that's really one of the key components that, that you have to learn about yourself is is uh, take what somebody else is doing but then how do you, how do I make it fit for me and that, and that that was my whole goal is if this helps somebody get the message out that's in their life their story that that the world needs to hear about them hey Let's do it, and, I, and I'm th- I'm I'm glad to have been a part of your journey in that. Believe me, it's it's been it's been awesome to hear this fifty and fifty thing un- unfold. <laughs> it, it's been a great it's been a great year. You you are show thirty eight. So when we talk about consistency, you know, I uh, a little bit. I don't know that I've even shared this a whole lot on on this program, but January twelfth uh, was the second week in two thousand eighteen. 
And it gave me an opportunity, knowing that there were 52 weeks in the year, to say, hey, I turned 50 on the second week. I think there's something that's speaking to me to do 50 great things in my 50th year for people that are really influencing me. And so you're you're part of that. And so that's what that's what's so exciting to me is sharing, I think, the passion and the energy that people that are automatically connected to me say, do you ever stop? <laughs> you know, do, do you ever just shut down? And the answer is yes. You know, we all have to take that time to reflect and that quiet time to re-energize. But for the most part, you know, people that know me that are connected to me know that this is just who I am. And so, like you, I want to share things that people are doing that have inspired them to help them get through their life. Life's not hard, not hard all the time, but it can be, right? And so, it's finding those consistent patterns that, that you can reflect back on that and say, hey, today may not be as good as yesterday, but I think tomorrow can even be better, right? Tomorrow, can I can build this for what I want to see my life become. Yeah, and that you know that and that is so true because we sometimes we get up in our own bubble of life and uh, not realizing that that what we're the story and the journey that we're taking can be an inspiration, a help, a, a, a spark, you know, in somebody else's life, uh, and we don't even realize that, mm-hmm. you know. But but if we keep it in, if we keep that story in, we keep that journey in then nobody ever knows about it and uh i think probably that's one of the saddest things that happens to people is that they live their whole life and they've never you know as, as we you know as, as as john maxwell talks about you know we we've never we, we've never reached out and influenced the people around us to to do to be more and to do more with their life simply because all we need to do is just share what we did mm-hmm. and, and that influence it's so important that that we can share. So yeah, I, I I'm excited for the whole 50 thing for you. You know that I had started a year ago, over a year ago, uh, as I had because I had been doing a show. I'd gotten to where I was doing a show almost every day, at least at least three to four times a week uh, on Facebook, and and so I had this big goal. Okay, I'm uh, I got in a hundred day challenge for totally something else. And I said, oh, I'm going to do 100 days of broadcast, just like you said, consistently doing it. Mm-hmm. And as I began to plan that out, I was so, you know, so moved by that. But then I kind of hit a wall like, man, what am I going to talk about <laughs> for 100 days every day kind of thing? <laughs> you know, reality kind of set in because, dude, that's a little harder than than once a week or, you know, and just getting on here and talking mm-hmm. because I wanted to be, I wanted to have value to people and and. And then, of course, you know, I live in live in the Houston area, and, and then the whole Harvey thing happened. And that kind of disrupted the whole hundred thing, a hundred day thing. And, yep. and for for a lot of us, one, we went without power for for a couple of weeks, and then, you know, as we as the water went down and, and things unpacked for people, I, I wasn't personally affected by the flood, other than I couldn't get out of my neighborhood for a week, but. But, uh, you know, so many people were devastated by that. It, it kind of just changed the whole perspective of, of uh, things for me to say, you know what, as bad as I want to do the 100-day thing and as much as I've already put into this, I'm going to have to set that aside because it's, life's not just about me. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've learned that through, you know, through the growth process of and things like, you know, things that you and I both have been involved in this, you know, the, the 15 laws for our for our own personal growth mm-hmm. and and that became 
apart for me to say, you know what, this, this, if I'm going to grow through this, if I've got to set aside something I really want to do to, to help somebody else do something that really needs to be done in their life kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I think you talk, well, I, I totally get that. No, <laughs> you, but know, you touched on, you touched on a great point because, you know, as I began a, a really serious focused personal growth journey, right? You've always, I've always been a person to want to add value to a room, to a place, to a process. But until I experienced truly going through what well, masterminds, truly going through reading the books of personal growth and not just reading them, but learning how to apply them, right? And learning how to give back into your life. That has been so critically changing for me because as we know, leadership is about leading yourself first because you're the hardest one to get up and change a behavior, right? And so you can't help other people until you've helped yourself. It's kind of like that old thing when you get on the airplane, you know, you have to put your oxygen mask on yourself before you can put it on those around you, you know, elderly or children or whatever, because you have to be equipped to be able to help yourself first. And then you can really tune in and understand that process of how does that look for where I'm supposed to be in my life to add value, right? And, right. and so that, that is such a critical message because as we all teach, we all want to you know, inspire people and get people on our train and say, hey, if you have never experienced this before, this is life-changing. This is something that, um, you know, that can give you a whole different perspective and really maybe fulfill your soul like it's never been filled uh, to, to have your place in the world. And so I want you to talk about so you're in the Houston, Texas area, and if you were here in my studio live, you would understand that in my journeys all around the world that I have Starbucks cups, and they're from all the places that I visit, and today I'm drinking out of my Houston cup for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and so it's really fun because when you talk about you know the hurricane that came through and everybody's life changed, and you could have said, well, I've got so many things. I couldn't get out of my, my house for a week. You know, you're involved in your church. You've got so many commitments um, that you have in your own personal life that how, how did you make that decision, right? It's all about the decisions that we make to say, these are the other things that are going on surrounding my community that I need to be a part of. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, when you, I, I think, when, when we take into consideration that you know the whole process of yourself, and and, and it is so true that the the biggest hurdle in our life and the biggest challenge in our life, and yet the the biggest place to really grow is, is staring us in the mirror every morning, uh, and coming to grips with with you know that reflection of okay, why am I here? And why, why do I have these gifts? And why do I have this personality? And, and, and why have I learned these skills and these talents? And uh, it, it's not about, it's not just about me. And so I'm, I'm sitting here, you know, we're without power for several days. You can't get out of the neighborhood. You know, it's kind of like you can't watch TV. You can't, you know, there's nothing to do mm-hmm. except begin to think about, okay, I'm in this situation and now I'm learning about people in another situation where do I fit into that? What makes me a person that says, okay, for such a time is this person, am I here? What can I, what can I begin to do? Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, now, you know, my personality is a, is a take action person, get involved, help people, you know, creatively figure out how do we, what do we do with this and how do we, how do we move on with things and that kind of deal. And, and, and my wife's personality is totally opposite of that. She's very much a servant oriented person and very much a, okay, we need to figure out the, the rules to everything here and, and what, what's the thing we can do and should do and those kind of things. So we begin to think about how are we going to help some of the people, especially because of where our congregation was, which was more in Houston. How are we going to help some of the people that have really been affected? Uh, you know, I, pa- I pastor a church that is basically, well, there's five congregations there in our church, and, and I'm the point pastor, and there's five other pastors, and one of that pastor's houses was totally flooded. It had like 12 feet of water, and he has a two-story house. It, had, it was coming up into the second story. They lost everything, you know, and it's like, okay, how, how are we going to help you know how we're gonna? How am I gonna help this brother mm-hmm. uh, who who leads a congregation of three and four hundred people get, get past this with his, with with all his whole congregation? Many many of them in the same boat. Uh, and uh, a pun on that concept. It's uh, uh, that's how he got out of his house. A neighbor came up on a jet ski to the second landing, and that's they got on that, and that's how they drove off. They, and they were they recorded that, fortunately. And so. So literally, you know, there was that, and then I had I had members that that it, it, living in that same area who had you know three and four or five feet of water in their house, and and then others in foot and two feet of water, and, and we begin to think, okay, what do we do for these people? Of course, you know, the first response people have is, oh well, we've got insurance, but when you have a disaster like that, insurance is very is not very consoling because. You, there is so long to get all that done and then mm-hmm. others didn't and so so we were sitting up here on the hill where we live you know and thinking about okay what do what do, what do we do looking in the mirror dean what, what what can you do what can you help these people do and and that led me down the road to to say okay when we get past the initial crisis moment what how do we get Organized, so I began to reach out to people I knew across the United States and say, "Hey, you know, we've got this disaster, and we're going to need some help at some point." And uh, begin to reach out to people and try to get them, you know, lined up, so to speak, to be able to come when people could come and, and help us do that. So I, I think part of the journey for everyone is is when moments hit in their life. Uh, if you've worked through the process in your life to, to, to get still, to get quiet, quote, to look in the mirror and, and look past yourself and say, now, why am I here? What, what is the, my role and what, how can I participate with other people in their life uh, who are in a crisis moment or in a difficult moment or in a, even in a rejoicing moment? How can I help them and be a part of that and, and, what can I bring to the table for that? And what, is, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. So I think that becomes an important concept. Mm-hmm. It, and it so is. And so it, you talked about so many things right there, but the reflection, I, I think, is part of it. You know, we talk about we believe a certain way. And so if we right. have these personal beliefs, then we can help influence other decisions. But it's until we can get comfortable in that new belief or that that um, confident belief, right, of a situation. And, and so, because there's a lot of people that wanted to help. When yeah. you hear about the hurricane, you, you know, there's relief, there's celebrity concerts that they do all the time. 
but it comes down to what you as an individual can do to make a big difference, right? One person can make a huge difference in somebody's life just by helping to, you know, maybe they don't have a generator. Maybe they just need help, you know, getting getting, um, water out of their house. Whatever those small tasks are, right? It's maybe they have a family member that's in a different state that they take care of and they don't have access or they can't think through, they don't have the strategies to think through, now my life is a catastrophe, right? And I've, right. I've been helping others um, because of the responsibility, maybe. And so there's so much devastation that happens, not just, you know, physical. <laughs> and and so when we talk about that, the support that you understand, because being involved in a church is more of this constant community. And so you're always having things, right? <laughs> there's always events in church members' lives, just like any community, uh, work or social or college or whatever that looks like in your life. But there are always events that seem maybe a little chaotic or unstructured or unexpected. And we have to understand how we can deal with those. You know, how do we simplify the problem and be able to kind of attack it, you know, one step at a time? And so if you are a person of faith, which we both are, you you have this kind of common um, belief about yourself that if you just step back and reflect and know that there's a process to everything, and if you can follow a process, that it will help you, you know, kind of through whatever situation that is, and you can become stronger through it. Um, but for those people that haven't experienced that or don't have a plan or a strategy, that can seem so overwhelming that it can destroy their life. You know, that one thing that happened um, can really change their outcomes for the rest of their life. It's, you know, you hear, I, I was great up until, right? And so yeah. with a positive belief about your life and about your capabilities, you could change that to say, you know, this was my life up until then or up until now. And now I've made these decisions to do these things differently, right? And so bringing all that back to this, this personal growth and this personal kind of belief, um, I think it's so important because you don't know when a, an event is going to happen to you. You don't know when you're going to be faced with um, a difficult situation, a tragedy, a a devastation, a destruction, a family death, right? Somebody that's helped you throughout life and that's a loss. And so figuring out the way to help help raise your level of, of belief and then building those strategies is critical for anything that you're going to do every single day. And that's everyday leaders, right? <laughs> try to right. Try to have a pattern of whatever that looks like in your life, wherever you are in your life, to be able um, to, to understand if you can influence your life in a positive way, becoming, I think we talk about awareness, right? But, but it's the intentionality of, of adding value to yourself so that when things like this happen, you can be prepared and you know where you're going to go next and not be panicked, Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I, you know, and I think that I, I think for people, you know, 
myself included, until you kind of become very aware of that about yourself. Because I, I have just learned over, you know, 40 plus years of, of engagement in congregations with all groups of people. And, and like you said, there's always, I, I think the environment that people often miss from a leadership perspective in a, in a congregational role. And, and, and of course, people like uh, John Maxwell and Mark Cole and those kind of guys that are involved in an integrated uh, group of people all the time is there's always something there. Uh, there's always something going on in, in somebody's life that, that needs direction, help, uh, input, reflection, all these components of, of growing them. But the, I don't think the norm, the, the average person is aware of that because they're not in that environmental role mm-hmm. and and so uh I, so when you when we go back and look at these kind of things like that is like okay well i i've, I've gone through this like uh i have been uh, fortunately unfortunately depending on how people look at it you know i've been through numerous disasters of people where there's been a you know it's been a, a tornado or a fire or uh a, a major car accidents or those kind of things and and the way as I look in the mirror and look at myself as a leader and go, okay, well, here's what I understand about me as a personality. The, I, I can, I can be, I'm equipped for that, you know, to be able to deal with those kinds of things, uh, as a, as a person, but I didn't used to know that mm-hmm. about myself. You know, matter of fact, when I started out in ministry, I thought, okay, I do not get this pastoring thing. Okay, I, I don't understand how these guys do this because I, I I come into this and I'm like, you know, totally lost in the in the process of what most people consider to be a pastor. Mm-hmm. And through, through through my own self discovery uh, in, in seminary and with other training, I began to realize, oh wait a minute, there's nothing wrong with me. I just didn't realize who I was and how I'm wired and what I really need to be doing inside of this bubble called ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that that changed my perspective and helped me be, I believe, more highly more effective in what I do and get more and more focused about this is what I'm really good at. And just do that and 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 train up people and lead and, and develop people and disciple and in church we call it discipleship, but but influence other people and put them in a growth pattern so they can do the things you're not good at. Oh, isn't that so true? That you have just hit on a key factor, right? People that are in these organizations that are in at the head of the organizations and you're the minister. And so you look at some people from the congregation, from a sales team, from a work team, right? Look up and right. say, wow, they're, you know, they've got it all together. They're doing it all. They're the ones responsible. And really the best of the best, the cream of the crop, the ones that are really able to be consistent throughout, I think of... Um, you know, Chick-fil-A comes to mind. Sure. <laughs> and Kathy, you know, because he's created an environment of a belief about a system and a process that, of helping people, of just making sure that people have a good experience and a good product. But, you know, he doesn't do it by himself. You know, right. he, he has put systems in place. He has mentors that have shown him the way that have helped him understand, right, what his strengths are and then built 
other people around him as he wants to build a good environment, right? We talk about the law of design. (laughs) This is perfect for this uh, in talking about how you really intentionally think into what it is your goals are and and where you want to be and how you're going to get there, but you can't always do it by yourself. You can really never do it by yourself, but you have to start right with yourself, adding value, and then figuring out how to put the right people around you that can help you kind of develop your dream and not being afraid of that process because, you know, like, like you said, when you began ministry, you weren't sure how to get it done the right way, but you, you allowed yourself that authentic kind of process of stepping back and learning about what it was, what it was going to take for you to be really happy and and fulfilled in that environment, right? And maybe you were going to have to change a few things and and give up. You know, you're you're a strong personality because <laughs> we've gone through the dis. No, 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 no. <laughs> but you're a doer. You know, you you want to get things done. And so for for personalities like that, man, it is that is a growth process to learn that there are other people that you can lift up and give them that that ability and that confident confidence and giving them the power to influence. And it adds so much more value. You have so much more momentum, right, when you bring people along with you. And that's the key, right? It's not your agenda. It's building uh, the people around you. And John Maxwell talks about, you know, developing the leaders around you. That is, that's kind of the secret, right? You, yes. Uh, you know, that that. When I discovered that process, uh, uh, both through being mentored by leaders and and in my own journey, that you know my, the the fastest quote in my depersonality approach is the fastest way to get there is to is is to help get other people on board that help me take get done what I need to do better, you know, or help me get it done faster. And it's it's developing those people. Uh, and, and in the process of, of learning that has been such a freeing uh, to me personally and internally it's helped me grow because it allows me to be focused more about what I need to do to grow me uh, and then of course challenge being challenged to do what do I need to grow the, these people to, to go with me on the journey. And it, you know, it's like getting ready for a marathon. I mean, you can get up out of your chair right now and take off down the street and say, you're going to run a marathon. And unless you have done that task over a a long period of time, you probably won't get very far. You will run out of gas. You'll run out of energy. Uh, you you run out of oxygen in your, you, cause your body's not prepared for it. Mm -hmm. So, so part of that, I think, is for us to learn that is about ourselves. Is how do I, how do I bring other people with me uh, in that? And 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 I think probably for me, and in, in the, the especially in the last twenty five years or thirty years of what I've been doing, is this ability to, to you know, and 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 I have to attribute a lot to to what I begin to learn from uh, from John Maxwell. And that thing, developing the leader within you. I've, I've got my first copy of that book when it first came out. I've got that thing. You know, I'm like, 
uh, and, and then developing the leaders around you. And, and, and when that came out and I, and I learned this, this process of developing other people to be really good at what they're good at. But the, 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 the secret, so to speak, that came to me in the process was, is I learned about my own personality, uh, as a person, of course, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of all that stuff i believe it's one of the biggest things that people can do but you begin to learn as you begin to learn about other people and learn that 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 part of the quote secret of all this is to come to people out of who they are not out of who you are and to develop them out of who they are not out of who you are that is so important how did you learn that well uh i i uh, as Back in the early 90s, I was in a, helping a church transition from one community to another. It had, it had, died. It had basically gone from running five and 600 down to 200, down to 100, down to 50. And they were desperate trying to figure out what to do. Mm-hmm. And they called me in because that's kind of what I'm good at because that, that fits my personality. And, and I said, okay, well, let's, first of all, let's figure out where we are and what we're doing. And, and as I took them through that journey, I got involved with a group of people who taught this concept to church leaders all over the United States. And so six times a year, we would go to various places in the United States and have three and 400 people in the room who were, who were desperately trying to either start something new or, or, or rebirth something that was, you know, had one foot in the grave or maybe it already had the ceremony and they were trying to, they were trying to revive it. And in, in that process of that, I, I got exposed to, uh, uh, a really in-depth process of of personality training, uh, and uh, we 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 designed a system. And in that, in in learning to teach that to people, I began to realize that the most important thing, because if you take Street Finders, I, my, one of my top <laughs> strengths is is a learner. Mine too. So, <laughs> so, That's so, awesome. so, so, so to me, uh, there's a big you know, rush and thrill out of learning something. Mm-hmm. But I, as I did that, I realized, wait a minute, this, this does no good to put this in the bottle and put the cap on it. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to value the, this learning process as because other people need this. And so as I began to learn to value other people and I began to learn that it's about people, you know, not just me, but it's about people and begin to discover that my, my personality top uh, is just a it's just a part of a big mass of humanity, and there's all these other people with all these other personality components that make me more complete. Mm-hmm. And as I begin to see that in my relationship with my wife and then my kids, I begin to realize how important that that became. So, so it, it kind of came out of some training, you know, uh, some exposure to 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 some certain. Out, you know, in other words, when other people look into our life, they they see something different, and of course that also led me into the coaching prospect of, uh, uh, the, and, and, and a huge value of you know, many times we can't see the tree because we're looking at the forest, and sometimes we can't see the forest because we're staring at this tree, and I have a principle for that called the hand in the face. You know, we can't see anything beyond what the hand is in our face. But somebody on the outside can see the whole picture. Mm-hmm. And if we're willing to hear from them and let them speak into our life, 
they can help us. Mm-hmm. And as I learned that principle more and more, I began to realize this is this is all about 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 helping other people develop to their potential because they're valuable, not only to just you as a person or to your organization or to to your job or to your company, but to society, you know, to the world, to the to the to the global perspective, and of course that doesn't even take into account the whole spiritual thing of they totally matter to God because that's that's His whole plan. But but when you look into that, you begin to realize, you know, how do how do I then begin to put into people the things I see and how I can help them grow as a person and give them the tools, you know, to be able to become all they can be so they can accomplish their meaning and purpose. Cause I believe everybody inside of them has that. They may not understand it. They may not know what it is, but they, there's this yearning to do three things, you know, be secure in life, feel like, you know, that, that, that they can be live in their space in life, have a sense of significance that I matter. And, and, and that I, I'm, I'm this kind of person that can make a difference. And I was put here to make a difference in somebody's life in some way. Uh, some of us bigger than others, you know, and then, and then there's this, this whole sense of satisfaction. When I get to the end, I can look back and say, you know, I have, I have done what I was here. I, I, I have done what I was put here to do uh, kind of approach. And so as, as people, work through that process, I, I, to me, that's kind of our role as, as other human beings is to say, how do I help that person accomplish that? Mm-hmm. And, and when I do that, as Zig Ziglar always said, if you help enough people do, you know, get what they want, you'll get what you need, you know, uh, then you begin to get a sense of that. And so that's kind of how it came to me through learning, being exposure, uh, going through a process uh, that was, you know, it, 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 I mean, we, it took, we, we spent a week, usually three to four days, mm-hmm. both flying. And I know you understand this. You, you fly, <laughs> you go, you teach, you fly home and, and everybody thinks, well, it's over. Well, it's not. Cause you, you got all these other things that you're dealing with while you're out of quote pocket doing this other stuff. So six times a year we did that. It was, exp- you know, it cost my, you know, and, and expenses and money and time and relationships with, with all kinds of people. But, but out of that, I grew. Uh, tremendously, I, I grew to, tremendously, and and out of that I made connections, as, as you know the, how that has worked in your own life, and you you begin to make all these connections to people, and sometimes you don't always know what they're about, but it's kind of interesting how that all worked out for this in the hurricane situation for one of the one of our homes that we had to rebuild. I had, some of those people I called on that was connected to. And some of them drove all the way from up there where you live, from Noblesville, Indiana, mm-hmm. brought a whole team of people down here to help us uh, start on the, uh, you know, tear out tear out all the damage to the house and start putting it all back, drying the house. They, they came down, you know, and it was all because of a connection that had been built over a process of time in my journey, but also in, the, in their journey mm-hmm. because they became to adapt the whole thing of, you know, it's about other people. How do we invest in other people? Here's an opportunity. And, of course, this leader saw an opportunity to, to bring a group of people and say, you know, we, we're we never going to get anything back from these people. This is not, you know, this is not one of those things where we're going to give something and we're going to get something back from being down here. But we're going to get something back. He knew that as a leader. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember one of the young ladies that she's a teenager. She was so moved by this thing. 
she went out and started her own campaign to raise money. And uh, she she raised like I don't know three or four hundred dollars all on her own, baking stuff, selling stuff, and and uh, she sent me that money and said help the first responders. So I said okay, well every time I go in a restaurant and I see somebody that's a first responder, I'm going to buy their meal. Will that work? And she said oh yeah, that'd be great. So you know I've got to, I've got to take her gift and energy and then walk into somebody else's life totally unexpected and say, Hey, today I'm going to pay for your meal. And this comes from, and of course I'm my story to them is that this comes from a a 15 year old teenager in Noblesville, Indiana, Mm -hmm. who saw a need from the storm from the hurricane disaster and said, I want to help somebody. And my little contribution is this, Mm -hmm. you know? And so we, we, you know, and and I've had those people come back because some of those places I see them all the time, you know, and 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 they come back to me and say, you you know, I don't know who that little girl is, but if you can pass this on, let her know how much that meant to us individually. Mm-hmm. And so you don't you don't you so it's it's a process of learn it, engage in it, share it, help somebody else repeat it, and then get to see what you know. Because I get excited, I get all teared up just <laughs> telling that story about the girl. You know, that's like, amazing. Yeah, right. And that's how I have, that's kind of how I've kind of worked through that process for myself. Well, and that's so true. You know, people get on and they get inspired sometimes and everybody watches Facebook, you know, if they're connected on there and and people say, right? Today's the day I'm going to give back. Today's the day I'm right. going to buy somebody else's meal behind me in the drive-through. Today is the day I'm going to go do a nice um, you know, task for someone that is not expecting it. But, right. um, and that's the reason really my company, Make Connections for Life, really is about my core value is connecting right. processes that improve outcomes. So, you know, again, talking about building these personal strategies so that you can, you know, think about others first when something happens. And we think, oh my gosh, this is a tragedy. What can I do from my perspective, from my place that I sit? This fifteen-year-old girl—that's amazing, right? And and so, you know, you hear about it on the news or like these special, you know, oh, that was great that that person or those kids were able to think about that, or they were influenced maybe by their church or their parents. But it's really for us as individuals, as people all over the world, to have this belief that when something happens, we're the ones that have the power to make that decision to make it better, right? We can get through anything. And if we condition ourselves, you talked about this a little bit earlier, but you know, conditioning your brain, conditioning your thoughts, conditioning your ideas and your beliefs so that you're prepared, right? You can't go out and run the marathon today. That 15-year-old girl couldn't do what you were able to do for these victims of Hurricane Harvey. But she could make a difference today and start learning, right, how to do tasks to give back and add value to people. And if you think about it, if she continues that from 15, when she gets, you know, into her life, has her own family and her own kids, the things that she'll be able to continue to give back to her world because she's already started thinking about this. So, yeah, uh, true. I just think it's so important, you know, and, and it's from wherever 
another kind of idea that you touched on that I think is so important for us to talk about a little bit more is uh, helping, you know, we're all at a certain stage, right? We're all at a particular growth spot in our life because of what we've experienced and who influences us. But having those people that haven't yet gotten to where we are, help them, right? Putting your hand down and raising them at their level to be able to add value to them, to kind of make them aware, right, that things could be different if, you know, if they choose to do these things and help them as a mentor. Also, it's choosing those mentors in our life that may not be our friends or family that we may console in for things, but it's those people that have gone before that are going to really give us the valued um, perspective, right? And that confidence and, and that cr- encouragement to make those really tough decisions because mentors aren't always the ones that are your cheerleaders. They're going to ask you the accountability questions. They're going to put you in the corner and say, if you do this, these are the consequences, right, that, that can happen. And, and so they're going to get you to really challenge yourself. Um, and I think that is so important to talk about. And as a leader in a church, Dean, when you think about the mentors that you have today and, and the time frame that you've been within this congregation, there have been a lot of situations, right, where you've had to make tough decisions, And so as a a kind of a leadership team of a community, you know, figuring out what the right next step is, and that is not an easy task. And so surrounding yourself with people that can help you through those decisions and not feeling like you've got the world on your shoulders, right? Because that adds stress. That adds a lot of stress, and stress will kill you. (laughs) Stress will kill you. Yes, it will. Yeah. And well, it, you know that I think. They, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I just I, I really I think it's important um, to talk about because you have had that experience, and so for for people that have not yet reached that, you know, um, delineating that stress from your life can happen as a leader if you have the right, really the right influences and the right people around you in your circle. Yeah, and I think, uh, again, I, I know I harp on this a lot, but I think a lot of that goes back to once you under, once you can get a really good grip on yourself and you can understand, here's who I am, here's what I'm really good at, here's here's where I need help, a lot of help, and it's not about, you know, some people use the word weakness. I don't use the, I don't look at that as weakness. I look at that as here's my liability areas. Here's where I'm not, no matter how hard I try, I'm not going to do well there. Uh, I can do it. I can take care of it, but that's not that's not my best me. That's not my best use of me. And I'm usually robbing somebody else of them being their best you. When you can ad- adapt those concepts into your life and say, "Okay, well, I can be the best me," then there's areas in my life that that are uh, leadership, or my team, or my community, or my church, or my company. That if I don't let them be them, we're not going to get the best. And and, I, and most people I know that that when it comes when it comes full circle, everybody you know that that looks at things that they really want the best. They want the best for themselves. They want the best for other people. They want the best for their company, for their community. They they want that to happen. But part of that quote unquote secret is 
then I've got to, I've got to let other people be who they are and help them be the best them. Mm-hmm. And so like once I learned, quote unquote, I wasn't a pastor in the sense of I'm not the shepherding kind of person. Um, part of that is born out of my personality. Part of that's born out of my experiences in life. Part of that's born out of my environment that I was raised up in, you know? And so I had, I had to realize, well, wait a minute though, but that, that may be okay for me, but that's not okay for everybody else in this deal because that's what they're in this for. Part of the, part of their here, the reason they're here is to be shepherd. And not only is that a spiritual principle, that's an organizational principle. And so I had to immediately learn how to, how do I find people who have that gift and that ability and, and then help people understand in the organization, I'm not going to be doing that. They are, and they're really good at it. And you need to let them, you know, be that because unless you've belonged to a really large organization, like we've belonged to in JMT, we get this, there's all levels of people, you know, in this thing, there's, there, you know, there's people who come in at the basic level and then there's mentorship and, and then there's advanced levels of that. There's executive team. And then there's all the way up to John himself. Well, well, you know, you can, you can't, uh, if you're not willing to let that part work, then you're not going to get as far as you need to go. Well, the same thing's true. Like even in our church was like, okay, well, I've got to have somebody that can be a pastor person to these people, especially who has history with these people and know all their stories and their kids and their grandkids. Because to me, that that's not an element that, that works for me. You know, it's not what I'm about. And, and so I have to develop that. And then a lot of pastors would have trouble with, well, how do you have five pastors that are running congregations? How do you keep track of, of what all they're doing? And my answer to that is I don't, (laughs) I don't, it's not my, I'm not their shepherd. I'm not the person for the, that, 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 I trust and I'm training and working with these guys and gals and, and they understand what they've got to do for their group of people. And, and that to me, it's, you know, that, that's how you learn how to do that. And it's, it's kind of like parenting at some point, you can't parent your kids anymore, you know, you, and they're, cause they're going to go out on their own and they're going to do what they do and they're going to live life, you know, with, with how they see to fit life where they're at and what they're in that, you know, so you just, you have to kind of, learn that component of, of being able to do that. And, and so, yeah, part of, part of the way of is finding those mentors who, who can help you grow where you need to grow, you know, and now I've been fortunate to, to recognize that along the way. And, and I've been in the process of working with people all across the country and in these kind of environments, sadly ran into people who never got that. They never, it never clicked what I call it, never clicked with them I need to go get this around my life. They, they always felt like that was too uncomfortable. Uh, it, it, it didn't look, it, you know, what were people going to think or, mm-hmm. or, 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 or how's that going to reflect on what I'm trying to do? And nobody's going to look at me as the leader and you know, all these things you learn that we've learned and through the process of learning to become a real leader and, and really make a difference. They're not willing to do that, or they're 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 afraid of that, or there's some stigma about that. Mm, let's talk and, about fear. Let's talk about fear. Yeah. And I can't believe we've gone this long and haven't talked about fear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's huge, right? Everybody has this. It's it's building that ability to change your belief, but that is a process. Yes. And yeah. And fear again causes stress and and can kill you. 
And and so being able to have those strategies to deal with those fears to kind of say it's okay, right? Taking that one step at a time to learn something new, to learn how to influence your strengths, to help add value to yourself, to make you stronger in that that gap, right? That yes, gap of right. comparing yourself, making a mistake, it's not the right time, it's not the right, you know, I don't have the right people to help me. You know, that's a big step in taking that first step, identifying yes. what it really is that's going on around you. Figure, you know, you've talked about figuring out your strengths and then really understanding that about yourself and then understanding what are those things that are holding you in the same spot. And, right. and, and what is it, identi- helping, having someone else help you to understand what that next step looks like, where is it that you are stuck so that you can move through that process. Because that first step is the hardest. <laughs> and finding yeah. the belief in the first step through the fear is the hardest. Yes, yeah, and I, I, that is, you know, so, so I think for, for people, um, they, you know, one of, I, I've just learned one or, two, one or two things usually happen for people in, the, in that concept is they stick their head in the sand, you know, and, uh, and, and, and especially from the spiritual perspective, people look at that and go, oh, that's a, that, that's just, I don't believe enough. So I just need to believe more. And, so, and, and I try to help them say, it's not about believing at this point. It's not about believing. It's about seeing. Mm-hmm. It's about seeing th- this, this thing that's in front of you that you, you, you're afraid to walk through, go through, uh, you know, kind of process of, of how are you, are you looking to grow beyond this? Are you just going to always stay right here? Because this fear, and it usually is always going to come for many people from the out, somebody from the outside and, and be willing to let other people speak into your life. Uh, and most people, uh, especially in today's world, we're so busy and there's so much noise and there's so much clamor and there's so much things coming at us all the time is, is that we don't get focused on, uh, well, let me pick, let me pick some people that I feel like are going to invest in my life, speak into my life and help me instead of listening to all the stuff that's coming in their life and it winds up just making, you know, life more miserable for them because, and more confusing for them. Uh, and, and they struggle through that, you know, mm-hmm. and, they, and maybe, maybe everything falls apart for them because of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, are they, uh, you know, that's the struggle. And, and that, that's kind of what happened for us, to, for, for a lot of people in the, in the Harvey thing is nobody ever experienced it. Many people had never, ever experienced anything like this. You know, it's one thing to, you know, for the hot water heater to burst and you got a little water in your house. It's another thing to walk into your house and it's, you know, four and five and six feet underwater and everything's floating and everything's ruined. I mean, your whole, when you think about the process for people in that is they lose everything. I mean, Every every picture, every memory, uh, everything that they, you know, maybe spent decades to, uh, collecting for their life. Mm-hmm. Memories. It's gone. It's it's gone. It's, the it's, memories, it's, right? Memories of the family pictures. Mem- memories of the yeah. the first baby blanket that your kids had. Memories of that first toy. Memories of your first date. You know, yeah. memories of everything that you held on to from a from a material 
standpoint, right? That that gave you the opportunity to see it, hold it, touch it, and say yeah. this was a time when you don't have that yeah. anymore. You don't have you don't have it anymore. And and all of a sudden, fear. What I the biggest thing I saw there was that fear took over for them, and the, and it was almost like, well, what, how am I going to live? How am I going to live life? I don't have I I, I won't be able to tell this story. I won't be able to show, you know, in some cases my grandkid or my great grandkid, mm-hmm. any of this because it's gone, it's gone. And then the whole, then the whole deluge hits them of, and I don't even have a place to live. Right. You know, and now one of my, and most people have never been through that except maybe temporarily, you know, it was like, okay, well we got to, you know, electricity's not working. So we're going to go stay in the hotel, mm-hmm. you know, uh, kind of thing. But then all of a sudden there, there's, you know, and, and it's not just you. You look down the, you know, there were neighborhoods here where some of these people we help live. I mean, whole neighborhood, three and four and 500 houses. It wasn't just one person in this, in quote unquote, excuse the pun, in this boat. Mm-hmm. It was everybody. And, there, and it wasn't just an individual. It was families. And sometimes, you know, mom mom and dad lived down the street and Aunt Joe lived down the street a little further and, and cousin Ricky lived over on the street behind us and so all their support system that they normally could call on is gone you know and, and, and when that sinks into people fear really really rises up in people and they just don't know what to do when most people you know confused mind doesn't take action. They just shut down. That I don't know what to do because I've learned in process. Most people aren't strategists. Most people spend their life reacting to the things that happen in their life and just kind of trying to work through it. Well, when you get into something like this, it becomes a, a an overwhelming. And I and there, you know we we knew people in these subdivisions where they just they just they didn't even have a car. I mean, their car got flooded. Everything got flooded. It happened so fast, and the way it happened for some of these places, it, it's like they lost everything. When I mean everything, I mean everything. And and so they went and stayed somewhere, and some people just got, so to speak, got in their car and drove off into the wild blue yonder, and nobody's heard of them since because mm-hmm. it, they just could not deal with this. Mm-hmm. And then there's other people, like some of the people we've been fortunate to help, it, it, you know, were – they 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 lived in the you know ten thousand year floodplain never supposed to flood there, and they had five feet of water in their house, wow. and, and and so they had no flood insurance, you know, and uh, and so when you run into that dilemma, it's it, it's then like well what what do you do? what do you do mm-hmm. what do you do and that's where, you know you have to come along and say you know what I'm gonna put my agenda to the side, and I've got to help these people because they are they are literally scared, you know stiff as i use that term they, they 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 can't take action they don't know what to do they don't have the skills they don't have the they they have they've never faced anything like this devastating in their life mm-hmm. you know and the and like i say you look in the mirror and you go okay you know in my case i'll just kind of tell my story in that point if that's all right it's like okay i was raised in my, my dad was a was a carpenter construction, had his own construction company. I grew up, I've learned how to do all kinds of things. You know, uh, I've been through numerous natural disasters like this, where there's been a, you know, been a, a, a hurricane or a flood or a tornado and, and seen people lose everything they've got and step back in to help kind of work through that process for people. Because again, because of my coaching training, I, I'm like, okay, I'm on the outside. I can see. I'm and and the way 
my personality, sorry to bring that into the story again, <laughs> is I'm one of those people who I can set aside my emotion and look and say, regardless of how I feel, this is what has to be done. Well, and you've conditioned yourself. And, and so as John Maxwell would say, you're able to see more and more before, right? right. You can kind of see how you can help people on their journey as, if you want to say, a mentor, but you can step in, you can step into their lives when they are struggling with, hey, I've not had this happen to me. I need right. some guidance. I need some help. You, because of your journey, and this is what I love, is telling our own story and our own journey, but because you have been conditioned to be able to have been equipped in your life to help others... Right. This is what you naturally do, and you do it so well because of that. You've just learned right. this process. So Houston, Conroe, Texas is lucky to have you down there, Dean. Well, you know, I, and, I, and I've had to learn how to do that because that's not normal in my uh, uh, personality to, to take people saying, hey, you're doing a good job. It's because I just look at it as no, it's just got to be done. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's like a, well, no, it doesn't matter whether anybody thinks I'm doing a good job or not, or, or want to tell me I'm doing a good job. It's just it's got to be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thank you for that. I mean, it it, it has uh, been a growing process for me as well as we've, you know, like this current project we have where we're trying to help this. This here's a family. I mean, think about this. Thirteen months, they've not been able to live in their home. They had no flood insurance. They had no money. Uh, they've lived with family and friends. The government's put them up here and there. They've given them some money. So we've had to go out not only and and get people to help us, recruit people to help us volunteer from all over. I mean, I have people come from Alabama and Indiana and North Texas and down the street and that kind of thing to, to come and help these people because they, they, you know, they're, they understand, well, I'd want people to help me if I were in this boat. And then, of course, on top of all that, having to raise funds to buy the material and some of the labor for things we couldn't get help to do to, to be able to do that. And, you you know, and for me, we're like, we're almost there. And I'm so excited to get them back in their house. But I'm also excited to say, OK, maybe I can get back to some of the things that I really feel like I'm supposed to be doing uh, to help a bunch more people. Uh, if I can just kind of close this chapter, so to speak, in my life, it's been a huge learning experience. I've met some really great people from teenagers like the gal to, to people who come and say, hey, I'll give my time and I don't know how to do anything, and, and, and but but I'll come and I'm a pair of hands and, and, you know, just getting to mentor people through that process. Hey, learn how to do this. And well, can I come back? You know, and then, you you know, of course, a lot of time you think, okay, they'll never be back. They'll <laughs> They'll never come back and do this again. And then, and then they're calling you back and saying, hey, can I come back? That was such a rewarding experience. Mm-hmm. And then having people, I had a guy out in California uh, contact me and say, hey, we were watching, because I try to do some of the live, on, you know, show what we're doing. And a guy saw that and said, hey, I would like to bring my son there and teach him, you know, about what happens when, when life things in life turn on you and you wind up with things like this in your life. What do you, what does that look like and feel like? And so he, he brought, he brought his son. They flew from California on their own dime. They spent a couple of days helping us. And you know, the kid learned how to paint walls and, and pick up trash and throw stuff out. And you know, this is what happens to your life when this happens and all your, you know, cherish the, you know, and his, the dad's come, 
you know, kind of lesson he wanted his son to learn was appreciate what you get because something like this could happen. And that thing that you thought was so important in your life, you see that pile of just pile and pile because that's how it is, was, was down here for a long time. I mean, everybody's life was out at the street Mm -hmm. in a pile. Mm -hmm. Every minute, like you said, every memory was out at the street in a pile and getting picked up by somebody from some other state with a truck and, and a, and a claw thing and dumping it and hauling it off to the dump ground. And you kind of, you know, you're, you're pitifully crying inside. There goes my memories. Mm-hmm. There, there goes my thing Grandma Jones gave me that I thought was, you know, and, and so he taught his kid that while he was here. And I, that was such a, you know, moving moment for me in that process. So, you know, I, that, that, that's what you learn in these processes. That's powerful. You know? That is so powerful. Man, Dean, thank you very, very much for coming on the Everyday Leaders Program. You um, really are the epitome of, of mentorship and helping people all your life. You have conditioned yourself for this. And I, I really appreciate you spending time here and sharing your story and your journey. How can people connect to you? What can we help you accomplish with the things that you're doing down there for still the Hurricane Harvey victims? And um, as we wrap up here, let us know how we can connect to you. Yeah, you can get, uh, you know, of course, you can go to my website, deanrenfro.com. It's D-E-A-N-R-E-N-F-R-O.com, and, and you, there's a form there you could fill out. Uh, my Facebook page is is the letter D, Renfro, and you can connect on my personal profile page there with me. And and on that page, I have, a, I'm, I'm doing a fundraiser to try to raise the last amount of money for this family, uh, you know, uh, and when I say that, that's the construction part. I mean, when they move in, they may still be living, you know, uh, on the floor with the mattress. But but we're trying to work, find people to help donate furniture and that kind of thing. But but the main thing is I'd like to, you know, be able to give this family their house back before Christmas gets here. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, they've gone one Christmas without any, you know, just living in out of boxes, living in a hotel, living with a friend, you know, and that kind of thing. And, and, and so we're trying to get to that. And I like I'm trying to raise money to finish up this last little part of their house uh, so we can get them back in there. But they can do that uh, for, for, you know, to help if, they, if they'd like to help. I mean, I've, you know, there's you know, sometimes you look on, you know, like you think, okay, Facebook, I've got, you know, 20, 2,466 friends. Okay, if everybody gave a dollar, I could finish this house, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. And, 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 but I know people are busy and everybody's got expenses and everybody's got things. But and this is one of those cases where, I think in in the depths of humanity, everybody understands. Yeah, but if this were me, you know, I, I'd have to have help too. Mm-hmm. And 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 so I just kind of you know put that out there to people. They can come to my uh, Facebook page and and uh, and find that they can reach out. They can reach out to me, uh, you know, personally uh, all, through Messenger as well. But the, but you you can also you can text. If they want to text to the number eight zero eight zero zero, that is eighty eight hundred, and the text message is D E R, they can get my personal business card delivered to their phone, and from there you can connect. Of course, naturally with me, you'll get my phone number, my email, my, my all, all that stuff where somebody could connect to me directly uh, if they wanted to reach out and say, "How can I help? Mm-hmm. How can I help?" Or, or hey, you know. Thanks for doing all that. We appreciate you, which is which is fine too. You know, I've learned to, I've learned to learning to accept the attaboys. 
uh, in life and, and realize that people really do mean that. Uh, and, uh, and, and that's important to people too. So I, I really appreciate Melanie, the opportunity to be on the show, uh, you know, to, to be a part of the, your journey and, uh, so proud of you, you know, back to you, so proud of what you've been able to do and the steps you've been able to take and just get out there and, and grab a hold of this and say, I'm going to do it. And this is something I'm going to get done. And, you know, that fulfillment that'll come, you know, when that 50th week comes mm-hmm. is a moment of great celebration. <laughs> like I did this, yeah. I did this. I stayed with it and got it done because you know, for, for most of us in the world today, one of the hardest things is to stay on task and stay focused long enough to accomplish something that really matters. And, mm-hmm. and I'm so proud that you're going to get to do that. Thanks. Thank you. Well, I, I just am so happy that you were on my journey because you've touched my life and I really want this program to help influence the things that you're doing and giving back. And, and so I'm going to post this. Your show is going to be show 38, Dean. It will um, be here on, uh, what's today? October? Today's the 5th. Yeah, so Sunday, October the 7th. This will be this will be going out, being pushed out. So I'm going to put all these links. I'm going to push this out to Facebook, to LinkedIn, to Instagram, you know, every way that we can to get people to connect to you so that we can help you on your journey. Uh, that's That would be so fantastic for us to be able to help you accomplish your goal faster and help this specific family, uh, you know, have a great Christmas. So yep. thank you very much. I'm so glad we connected. You're going to be in the Everyday Leaders Journal, and hopefully you can get up here for our conference, our Leadership Summit, March 2nd of 2019. If not, we'll get you on Facebook Live and get you into the event somehow. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I've already got it on the calendar. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Dean, have a great rest of the year, and thank you so much for being an Everyday Leader. Melanie, thank you. Mm-hmm. Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 Leadership Summit is coming to Indianapolis, Saturday, March 2nd, 2019. Join me along with the 50 and 50 guests from Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 podcast. This exclusive event will take place at the beautiful Newfields Indianapolis Museum of Art on Saturday, March 2nd, 2019. You won't want to miss this one-of-a-kind leadership workshop where you will personally engage with these 50 leaders and learn how to apply their strategies to live your life with success. Don't miss this opportunity. You can be a part of this exclusive inaugural leadership summit here in Indianapolis, March 2nd, 2019. Remember, there's limited space available, so reserve your spot now. If you know of anyone that would be interested in sponsoring this exclusive event, please have them contact me directly at make at makeconnectionsforlife.com. Thank you for following the podcast of Everyday Leaders 50 and 50.